Welcome to You're Not That Special. My name is Emily. And I'm Sarah. We're two Enneagram 4 INFJs here to talk with you about mental health, eating disorder recovery, and the challenges that we all face. That's what my therapist always does. Those big deep breaths. Mm. Okay. Welcome back to You're Not That Special. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. Strengths and struggles. Okay. You going first? Sure. Um, my strength, I, okay, I never journal, um, <laughs> but I decided to yesterday. Um, and I like journaled outside at the park and it was like, it was just this perfect scene. <laughs> that sounds um, very special. It was. Um, and I mean, it was actually pretty challenging because it like brought up a lot of stuff, but it was really good too. And I think it has me like thinking a lot just about like this fall and like just things that I have like going on in my life right now. And it just kind of, I kept coming back to really wanting to like go into this, um, I hate the phrase season of my life, oh, but, yeah. but, but go into this fall with just really prioritizing being like kind and gentle <laughs> with myself. Cause like, I think last fall for me was pretty shitty and I don't think I, I don't think anyone realized that until they did. And so then going into this fall, I just have this like in my mind that I'm like freaking out about it ahead of time. And like, it's going to be the same. So, so probably you should communicate when probably things might be a bit troublesome. Yeah. So, and so, yeah, I think I got that out of journaling and it was just really helpful and nice. And I like journaled a little bit more today which wow. I know. Um, so that was really good. It just felt good to do that. Um, and then my struggle just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I had a, I feel like I'm coming out of a little lapse, I guess. Like I just was struggling with things in recovery for a little bit that it felt like just a huge, I don't know. I had so many feelings about it and I was really back and forth on like, okay, what am I choosing to do right now? Um, and I think I was being really hard on myself about it and like really ashamed of it and everything. Um, but I think it's just the whole like fact that recovery is not linear. And even when you think that everything's chill, like sometimes like things come up Mm -hmm. and surprise you. And it's like, okay, maybe in that area I was be, I was a little like complacent and just like let things kind of happen. And then it became habit or whatever. It became like comfortable or whatever. So that's just been, tough lately but I mean now I feel like I've like really been bringing myself out of that so that's the strength of that but yeah that's just been 
intense. So you already strengthened your struggle? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> strengthened <Hi>. my struggle. <laughs> yeah. <Here. laughs> That's what I did. So. Okay. Well, we're setting the bar <laughs> Try high. to beat that. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the, just one quick note, on the whole lap side of things, and we can talk about this more later, but um, because part of my struggle, I think, also is just having one of those weeks recently that just felt like you just want to break down, mm-hmm. but you can't break down because mm-hmm. you have responsibilities. So you kind of half break down. Mm-hmm. I should be saying I instead of <laughs> That's you, okay. but maybe you relate. So anyway, so I kind of half broke down. And anyways, in therapy today, the lovely lady um, <laughs> said that... Um, well, she was offering me a lot of grace in it, um, which I should also extend that to myself. And I think I might after our conversation because we we're talking about the extent of utilizing disorder mm-hmm. and how sometimes a little disorder can be the thing that keeps us from spiraling in other regards Mm. so in my circumstance I was able to keep a boundary that I set while having maybe a minor breakdown on the side yeah but like so like one part of that kind of sucks do I want to work on that absolutely but on the other side of it apparently according to the professional um (laughs) Like, there was something greater that came out of that as well. Well, yeah, that's, like, I think the whole thing about, like, those behaviors are, like, coping skills and, like... And they're survival Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the ideal way to deal, but if it got you through, then, like, you were doing what you could at the time. Right. And, yeah, maybe next time you would prefer it to go differently. Mm-hmm. I would prefer my, like, it to go differently for me next time. Like, but it's, yeah, kind of giving yourself some grace for that. Yeah. And just... But based on, like, historical patterns, it improved greatly. Yeah. You know, so, like, yeah. It didn't, like, go back to the catastrophic, like, terrible spiral major breakdown right it was just eh, a minor breakdown Mm -hmm. okay so my strength for the week um which some of you may have caught on our instagram which is sarah you might have to help me your underscore not underscore that underscore special I know it's super complicated (laughs) but I hope that you'll all go give that a follow um (laughs) was taking a small trip outside of town, outside of the state actually, and just getting away. And I literally slept, ate, listened to live music, and like sat outside, did a little bit of walking. So it wasn't like, I don't know, some huge 
vacation or anything, but it was just, I got the essentials out of it, so mm -hmm. that was really nice. Um, that struggle. does sound nice. What? That does sound nice. It was Even nice. just like, yeah, doing just regular normal life things, but like somewhere else yeah. sometimes can just be such a nice change. My, I was with my aunt. I, it was not a solo vacation, yeah, folks. Good. Not a solo vacation. So victory. Um, so we got to chat a lot, um, just spend quality time together. So it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of already spoke to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Which I think I kind of strengthened my struggle as well. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, well look at us go. <laughs> Tune in next week as uh, we'll probably, um. Struggle shift. our strengths. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, so recovery is not linear. What a concept. Yeah. That, it can feel so shitty when that, like, hits you in the face. Mm-hmm. Because I think, <laughs> I think that there are things that, like, I was feeling or just, like, those, like, automatic thoughts that when they come up, I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, you like, know, where I, the fuck did that come from? Yeah, like, I'm beyond this. But then it's <laughs> like... But I think that really a lot of it was just like complacency where I'm just like, oh, I'm so fine in this area that I just don't need to worry about it at all. But it's like this summer, there have been so many changes in my life mm -hmm. that it's like there was no, it was not realistic for me to expect no, <laughs> Adley, it's fine. There, <laughs> It was not realistic for me to expect myself to not like fall into any old like thoughts or right. even like behaviors like it just that's kind of unrealistic to just think that like when everything in my life was changing that I would just suddenly be a pro at handling change because I'm not <laughs> so well, no, because I mean your physiology has something that is comfortable like something that it might be an old familiar but if you're more acutely triggered or I don't know what other word to kind of put there but it makes sense like your physiology is going to go back to what it knows mm -hmm. and it takes years to remap the natural instinctive response mm -hmm. and I hope that doesn't overwhelm anybody because um <laughs> that sucks like yeah it's just the sucky part about recovery but it's like I don't know I hate like phrases that people I hate like cliche things but it's also are like are you gonna say a cliche yeah, I am. thing okay um, oh but okay, just here we the, go, folks. the whole thing, too, that I was thinking about today, that, like, my worst day in recovery is better than my <laughs> best day in my eating disorder. Yes. That, like, I hate that. But yep. it's true. I mean, it's, like... 100%. It's not like going through a lapse means... it. Do that doesn't have to mean that like a lapse does not equal like a relapse and it doesn't have to mean that it's like, okay, this is my life again. Um, 
And I think that, I mean, I know that for myself, like in what I've been kind of feeling, um, like it's been different because I've been like talking to my therapist about it, like throughout the whole experience. I think that if it were, that's something that I know for myself that I think if it were like a relapse, a sign of that would be that I would not like be willing to talk about it. I would not be trying to like get ahead of it. Although I did tell my therapist last week, I was like, just pretend I never told you any of this because I don't want to talk about it anymore. But then like hours later, I was feeling (laughs) wildly different. So (laughs) it was an exhausting day. (laughs) I bet that sounds like a very emotional. Yeah. I don't want to be like, I'm grateful for it. But I think it it was a good reminder that I don't want to just be complacent or like take recovery like for granted or just assume that oh I've got this all the time 100% and like and it's a good lesson I think in having a little more self-compassion because like I did not at all and like that definitely made it worse and like I just felt like shit about it constantly Mm -hmm. and um I mean that contributed to it 100% so I think we have to have some realistic expectations for recovery as far as the vast majority of humanity is struggling with disorder to some degree, but not necessarily like eating disorders or diagnosed mental health things. But we wouldn't expect, we wouldn't have the same standard for somebody in the general population who hasn't gone through the same things we have that we're setting for ourselves to have in recovery. Mm -hmm. Because we live in a fucked up society that perpetuates these systems of, I feel like it's irresponsible, Um, but it is irresponsible. Um, These systems of, whether it's dieting or body image specific or the advertising industry or whatever it is there's all of these systems in place that make us feel inadequate can you just cut all that out (laughs) 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 okay i don't feel like my words were flowing very well you don't have to cut it out okay i'm just do you understand what i'm saying like there's all of these systems in place that are intentional to make us feel that we're not good enough, that we don't have the things that we need to function well in our lives. And that could be anything from like a stupid um, calendar notebook thing of like, you need to be organized, you need to have your schedule so that you put your meal planning in your schedule and have your grocery list there and like have your whole life organized and all together to like, you need these beauty products so that your skin appears in such and such a way that is acceptable Mm -hmm. so all of these different things that I wouldn't expect anybody in normal society normal is not a fair word but who hasn't endured the same struggles to achieve what the bar that I set for myself in recovery sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not that we're never going to struggle with body image or struggles around certain food issues at times like yeah 
Well, and it's just like remembering that like, I mean, as you said, everyone is most people. I don't know. Maybe not everyone, but like the majority (laughs) of people have some type of disorder in their life. Absolutely. Because how could we live in the society that we live in without it? Right. Yeah. Like life is hard for everyone. So it like Mm -hmm. is perfectly understandable and expected that like people are going to have some less than ideal ways of coping or, and that could be anything. It could. Yeah. So for sadness, for stress, for boredom, mm -hmm. for happiness. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. But it's just those having the unfair expectations on yourself, which you're not that special. Exactly. But that just, I think you would live in such an extreme, like, place of disorder and disruption to your life within that that I think we just think of the opposite as recovery and instead of thinking of the opposite like incrementally throughout our lives we're always going to be growing we're always going to be developing we're always going to have life experience that is going to challenge us and that we're going to have to endure so rather than looking at it as a before and after of am I consistently taking steps to develop healthier patterns of coping, of being, of self-care? That's going to change and evolve throughout the entirety of our life. Mm-hmm. No matter what season we're in. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to continually evolve with that. Yeah. And as we're going through the process, I just got this candle over there and it says, what the fuckulent? (laughs) (laughs) I felt like if, you know, my nieces or somebody were to come here, that would be an appropriate thing to have out because... Ants of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No, I love that candle. It smells so good and it just, yeah, I'll be going through my day and I'll just be like, what the fuckulent? (laughs) (laughs) it makes me feel better about my word choices sometimes yeah does the idea of recovery being an evolving process feel overwhelming to you yes and no I guess um I think it does because it can be easy to look at that and be like, oh, that means I'm never done with it. Like, I'm never just like, don't have, I don't know. Like, but I think it can also be kind of, mm, I don't know the word reassuring or comforting or something to just know that it's like it is okay that things change and like yeah it is okay that like I mean even though like okay even though I feel like I have kind of brought myself out of how I was feeling before there's still some things that like in my life right now I'm like I'm gonna still put this on hold because I don't think it would be helpful for me right now. Right. Just considering like 
where things have been lately. Um, and it's, but it's comforting to know, like, that's just right now. Right. Like, it doesn't have to in be six forever. months, it's not necessary. It won't be the same. Right. In whatever, you know, um, it does change. And, and I think there's times, yeah, that it's, we might be a little bit more cognizant or just more, yeah, aware of like triggers or things that are happening. Um, like I have a hard time with like, like anniversaries of things Mm -hmm. that have happened. And so, which is one of my things about like this fall being just very like gentle with myself because I know like there are some things coming up that I just like, I know that it will be kind of challenging. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like preparing ahead that like, this is kind of how I want to treat myself during this time and like what I want to be putting my energy in, how I want to be showing up for myself, whatever. And so I think that can be kind of comforting to just know that like, it is normal and like, okay and good, I guess, that the way recovery looks at different times. Well, and that you can go into that season. (laughs) 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 Um, Season feeling, not that you have to like prepare, but like you can go into it with a sense of awareness and you don't have to manifest it being something bigger than it is. And you don't have to minimize it in trying to avoid it Mm -hmm. but you can be prepared of like you might need a few different things during that time and to ensure that you have access to whatever is going to be helpful in getting you through that in the most effective efficient way Mm -hmm. and it was like very comforting to me when I just kind of kept coming back to that thought that like I really want to like focus and prioritize like taking care of myself well Mm -hmm. um I mean always but like especially you know just being more but there's a different type of yeah I mean yeah I have a similar thing in the fall like those anniversaries are hard and your body remembers so you might not even cognitively be thinking about a specific date or whatever Mm -hmm. but like my body just has a natural every freaking time Mm -hmm. I don't even have to be thinking about it and then it's just like bam yeah hey here's your reminder Mm -hmm. um which I think is the amazing thing about the the body but it's also (laughs) incredibly frustrating sometimes yeah um but we can have what we need mm-hmm. in that. And I think, like, there's... Because, I mean, after my, like, journaling sesh last <laughs> night, I, like, really felt like... <laughs> I mean, I came home from the park, and I was like, God, part of me just really wants to go to bed, but part of me was like no, I want to stay up and just like be sad for a little while. (laughs) And like, and I was debating, I was going back and forth. I'm like, should I go to bed or should I stay up and be sad? (laughs) And like, I stayed up to be sad for a little while. And like, yeah, you must have because you were texting me after 930. So, (laughs) Right. (laughs) right. And so, 
And I think it was like what I needed. And, and it was like, it just felt like in my body, it was like, this is just what I need to do right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. going to bed early, depending on who you ask, is a negative <laughs> coping skill of mine. Um, at times it's helpful, but at times it's just avoidance. Avoided, and I think yeah. that last night that really would have been avoidance for me when really I just needed to like sit with how I was feeling. Um, and so like, and my body was like prepared to do that instead of going to bed. Like, and I think it was helpful. And I mean, this morning I woke up and still was like, felt like I needed to just be sad still for a while. Yeah. And so I like let myself do that. Like I ended up going into work just like a little bit later than usual. Um, cause it's pretty flexible. So I just like laid on the couch for a while after I mm-hmm. got ready and yeah. just did what it felt like my body needed. And then was able to get through the day, I think much better than I would have if I didn't just listen. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. Feeling the feels. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's hard. Mm-hmm. My friend texted me and said, how are all your feelings doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you going to say? I don't know. Like, I think that my feelings feel like quiet right now. Like it's, I think I still like am having a lot of feelings and like a lot of things are happening, but it all just feels like it's there, but it's also like, okay. I feel like we're both just a little bit more somber tonight, Mm -hmm. but we both have so much going on like personally and professionally that Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just like what the feculent um I I don't even know where to put a thought or a feeling right now I'm just like "Ah." Uh uh-huh yeah it's hard to yeah even just say like I could not come up with like a like feeling word for myself right now not one I don't know I mean it's just yeah it's hard because yeah part of me is like do you feel overwhelmed I think probably I feel overwhelmed I think I feel overwhelmed because it feels partially I think I feel overwhelmed because I feel like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to handle things and like to, I don't know. And there've been a lot of changes lately, like I've said, and then now there's kind of like more that's happening and it's just like, oh my God, like nothing ever ends. Like, it's just like, there's just a lot to do always. And, and it doesn't, matter like where you are in recovery from anything that it's just like life just keeps happening even if you're already having a bad day like things will just kind of keep going no matter what and it yeah overwhelming yeah which part of that so this wise 
wise therapist of mine, um, said, so I, I have these boundaries that I put in place and I haven't talked about this, right? No. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, the boundaries I put in place and now there's just like, they're there. I'm honoring them. And that is hard work in and of itself. But like, there's nothing more to do beyond that at the Mm -hmm. moment. I can't fix anybody. I can't, like, I have to continue to do my work. And that's what she said. She's like, you need to just continue to show up to therapy, do your work, go do the, my career that I love and am very passionate about and just do life. Mm. And she's like, you don't have to do anything else about those boundaries. Like, they're there. And the other people have to decide if they're going to engage with that or not. Because if they're not, then the boundaries there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So as a protection to me, to my values, to my integrity, and all of that. And that is just a foreign concept to me. Because I think, I always feel like I need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I can take something off my plate? Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it is just... Because, yeah, they're really... You're at the place where it's like you've done everything that's in your and power. That I have and control over. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... I don't, like, does it feel good or does it feel, like, uncomfortable or both? I mean. I was, I just sat there today when she said that because I was like, huh. What a foreign concept. Yeah. Like, I would never would have thought, like, oh, you can just take a break now because, like, there's literally nothing more you can do in this area. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, huh, do I, do I not have to uh, continue to process all this hard shit in therapy? But that did not come out on the table. So I still have to show up and do all that. But it is kind of nice to know, like, I don't have to manage people. Mm. I don't have to manage their lack of response their lack of engagement like there's just nothing I can do about it right so I can either think about it all day or whenever or like I can focus on what I'm truly passionate about like the many work projects I have going on that like actually give me energy you have work projects going on (laughs) (laughs) so many things so many things um but good things and Things that inspire me, things that motivate me, make me feel alive. Um, That's what I want to be investing my time and energy into. So when I think about recovery and why I nourish my body well and why I try to listen, I try to nourish my body well. Um, I do a pretty good job. Um, (laughs) Why I try to listen to my body, give it what it needs. And why this weekend was so important to me of just like the basics, eating, sleeping, walking, connecting, connecting, Mm -hmm. um, is so important because 
then that lets me invest my energy into things that truly matter to me. Mm-hmm. And that are generally, sometimes they're a little stressful, sometimes they're a little overwhelming, but generally <laughs> fill my bucket back up. Yeah. So that I can continue that cycle of doing the things that I love. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, we talked about boundaries a ton like a few weeks ago, but I don't think we talked about getting into that place with it where it's like kind of that like freedom of like, okay, I I did my part and now it's your turn to either respond or not respond, which is a response. And, Uh but now I just get to kind of the ball is in your court. Like I've done this. I still have to uphold this and that takes work, but there's, but I think it takes a little less work if I'm not constantly thinking about because if they're not responding, mm-hmm. then I don't have to engage with it. Mm-hmm. Unless I continue, if I continue to kind of stew in that and mm-hmm. ruminate on all of the possibilities that could happen, mm-hmm. then I'm going to invest a lot of unnecessary energy into that. Yeah. So yeah, I think it is just permission to rest in, I have this boundary, it's kind of a hedge of protection for me. Yeah. Wow, that was deep. Aren't you glad you went to therapy today? Oh, my God. (laughs) And why did I go to therapy? (laughs) Because I told you you had to. (laughs) (laughs) So much power over me. Making me so mad. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it was a telehealth session because of COVID. So... Yeah. I'd never had a telehealth session with her before. It's understandable. Yeah. No, I get that. You know? But she didn't make me do, like, the breathing stuff or the essential oil stuff this time. Oh, God. I was so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Essential oils over telehealth? (laughs) Well, she kind of, like, asked me. Just imagine how good this lotion smells. Yeah, it actually went really well, and um, yeah, I'm, I am glad that I went. So thank you for the accountability in that. Yeah. Because I had to remind you in the conversation about whether or not I was going to go to therapy that you were my accountability <laughs> partner. So Yeah, at first I was like, I don't know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, wait, no. I was reaching out because I knew what I needed to do. Yeah. I just needed somebody to, like, help me make that a non-negotiable. Life is hard. It really is. And choosing recovery, choosing to be healthy is... Hard. Is hard. (laughs) I don't want to say that it's harder because I think that it remains very hard to, sorry, I think that it's hard to remain in disorder. Yeah. It's familiar, (laughs) but it takes a lot of energy, 
a lot of effort, a lot of secrecy, a lot of manipulation. I mean, and that can look different for everybody, but it takes a lot of that in order to stay there. Mm-hmm. And if that's not authentic to who we are, to our values, then to me, that's harder to stay there. Right. Right. And I think, I mean, I sometimes try to, you know, if I'm stressed about work, for example, like, and I have that thought of like, oh my God, it's just tempting to just throw in the towel on this, Mm -hmm. just go full force back to the eating disorder because then I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to face, like, I don't have to face these real life things. And so I, but I kind of try to remind myself that, yeah, although this is stressful and, you know, like work is stressful or those, those things in life are stressful, it's stressful in a way that is still in line with my values. Like the work that I do is stuff that I care about. So I would rather, which this sounds like I'm like, I don't know, downplaying the stress, I think. But like I would rather be having a really hard day at work, but putting energy into that because... A really hard day in recovery. Right. Versus... Right. It's just, yeah, it can be tempting to just go to what's, familiar um but it's like yeah but then I'm not living in my values I'm not like I'm struggling with no purpose I guess yeah like if I'm having a hard day at work it's okay it's hard and it's stressful and it maybe like brings up a lot or something but I'm living my life and like I am living in my values and I'm this stress has a purpose right um yeah. I'm having a thought that I think something that I learned through the years of recovery is that even though something felt familiar, it didn't feel comfortable anymore. Yeah. And that was a huge um, eye opener for me in my journey that those things didn't feel comfortable anymore. Yeah. I think that's something that you taught me that oh yeah that's where you used to I taught you something (laughs) you taught me a lot but um yeah I mean I know that I have used to say a lot that like you know it's just it's comfortable to like rely on these behaviors or something and did I say is it is it yeah that's (laughs) that's where that and I think we it should is, make a t-shirt. <laughs> it is there is a difference between it being comfortable and it being familiar. Right. And I think it's could be kind of a hard difference to like distinguish, but but that's not, like I mean that's a process of recovery that mm-hmm. you learn that distinguishing <laughs> you learn to distinguish <laughs> between them more and more. Mhm. And that line will become bolder and bolder. Mhm. Because I think some of the, like, familiarity is, like, I mean, I loved the, like, predictability of what a day looked like in my eating disorder. Like, Mm -hmm. I know exactly how my day is going to go because this is 
what I'm putting control. all of my energy and thoughts into. Yep. And, but at a certain point, like, yeah, that was not comfortable anymore. Like that felt like shit, but it was mm-hmm. familiar. And the f- familiarity of it is what felt yeah. good. You said something earlier too about um, that, like you just wouldn't have these responsibilities anymore. Mm. Which, arguably, yes, momentarily. <laughs> right. But as an adult, <laughs> yeah. Like, our parents just aren't there to swoop in. Right. And, you know, when we're kids to some degree, and maybe even throughout college to some degree, like, you have this backup of, like, you know, a place to go or right. whatever. But now you're like, I have rent and utilities yeah. and car payments and have to pay for food all of these responsibilities and like you have to maintain a job Mm -hmm. like in order to take care of these responsibilities and um so yes maybe momentarily you won't have to deal with something but the consequence and the cost of that could be so much more detrimental oh, yeah. if you lose a job or have to leave a job or and not just a job but like right the cost can be so much more than you just getting to step away from responsibility for a mm-hmm. minute yeah and I then think... it just compounds right i think i was like lucky enough Maybe lucky isn't the word, but like, I'm grateful, I guess, that for the years when it was just kind of a cycle of, I don't even want to say a cycle of recovery and relapse because it wasn't a lot of recovery, but that I, (laughs) I did, I was able to fall back on the backup plan of my parents taking care of me and taking care of things and but then you do hit that point where it's like reality of like adulthood and okay I do have to do something about this so question did your parents did them stepping in to take care of the responsibility aspect of like the logistical things fix the situation Like, did you get what you needed in that? No. And this isn't, like, on your parents doing something right or wrong, because that's not really the point. But of just, I think whenever I've been in that situation, be it my parents or other support people, I didn't get what I actually needed. Right. Because there's this point of, we just have to take care of the logistical shit. Right. Right. That we're not even focused on... Or, and they're not able to focus on for us either. Like, what do we need from an emotional standpoint? What do we need for the recovery aspect? Because we just dropped the ball on a bunch of stuff. Somebody has to pick up those pieces. Mm-hmm. And at some point, there's not going to be other people to pick up those pieces. It makes me think of the way that, like, using behaviors and stuff and really being deep in the disorder, it can become, like kind of about like crisis intervention to just like yes. get these um, super urgent 
right now things figured out mm -hmm. as a distraction from like what's actually going on. Absolutely. Like it's, it's okay, we need to put out these fires with the behaviors and everything. And that's kind of a way to, for me, it was a way to kind of get out of actually talking about what was causing the behaviors because I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you want to talk about this? Like, I'm just going to go off the deep end this week. So next week it, when I come back to therapy or <laughs> we bring my parents in, we're just going to talk about problem solving yeah, all of this shit that I'm doing yeah. instead of Absolutely. talking about what's going on. And I, I guess I would say probably part of the need that might feel like it's getting met, but I would argue isn't truly getting met is the need to feel cared for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we're essentially forcing people to be in a position to, and forcing them to show that they're going to care about us and show up. Yeah. But it's not in the way that we're longing for them to show up. Right. It's not genuine connection and no. care. It's genuine. It's genuine care, but, <laughs> yes, it, yes, but yes, it's yes. not the way that it's not the most like fulfilling way to get it. No, because it's something that again, we're forcing somebody to show up for us mm -hmm. and not that they wouldn't show up for us in other ways, but like, yeah, we just take the, the vulnerability and the spontaneity and the authenticity out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes me think too of earlier when I was talking about um, like last fall that it was like really hard for me. And you said like, yeah, so you're going to communicate this time. Of like <laughs> if things like feel really difficult. And I mean, I remember having a conversation with a friend last fall when she finally kind of I don't want to say she finally realized, but <laughs> when, when I did finally share with her what was going on and she kind of firmly was like, tell me what you need. <laughs> like, yeah. because it was just, um, like, yeah, because it kind of became a whole thing. People did show up for me and care, but it wasn't in a way that, I mean, it felt good to me, but it, would have felt better and it felt better to have that conversation where I did finally explain like what I was feeling and what was going on and like that's what feels genuine mm -hmm. um and what actually makes me feel like connected to people as opposed to yeah like kind of going off the deep end and it's like okay you need to come take care of me and pay attention to me and right yeah absolutely those conversations though that would preface going off the deep end are hard conversations mm -hmm. because I mean you have to be so vulnerable to say like I'm on this edge mm -hmm. and like I could go this way or I mean I could stay on this side and even to say like I mean, I would say like part of me wants to go off the deep end yeah. of, because there's the familiarity of it. Yeah. Not that it's going to be comfortable, not that it's going to be the best choice, but in some moments that feels like the easiest choice mm -hmm. because engaging in hard conversations 
while more fulfilling, more authentic, and in the end we get what we need in a much more effective and efficient manner, it's hard. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like in some of those instances of, you know, struggle, it's just like, I don't have words. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to have a place that like, I can go to my friend's house and I can just work on puzzles. Right. And we don't have to talk. And like, I know I can go there and I will get a meal and I can work <laughs> on puzzles. And that is to me, like, that's so nice to have that safety net of knowing I don't have to say anything. I just have to say, hey, I need, I need you to eat or like, I need a meal. <laughs> can you, can yeah. you cook for me? Thankfully, she loves <laughs> cooking. Um, but like, I just need to eat and I need to be. Yep. Yeah. I have that, like my brother and sister-in-law's house. If I'm having, if something is going on, I can just text them. Hey, can I just come stay the night there or mm-hmm. just come watch a movie or something? And to have those people that understand that maybe I want to talk about it, but maybe I don't. And if I don't want to talk about it, just know that like giving me this space is enough. And like, this is enough of what I need. And, um, which is just, yeah, that's something that I think took me a really long time to like even consider reaching out in that way and like utilizing support like that yeah but that can just be huge to just have that like safety net and I mean it can be it can be hard to I think like find the right people for that I guess because I mean I know I mean if it were reversed and like I know that there would be part of me that if a friend was coming over to my apartment or something because they just needed to be somewhere, like there would be a part of me for sure that would just like want to know exactly what's going on. Like, <laughs> right. tell me what's going on. How do but, I fix it? Yeah. Yeah. But so to have those people that can put that aside mm-hmm. and just let you be like, yeah, is huge. And to trust that, like, if you need more than you're saying, like, that you're going to find a way to communicate that mm-hmm. to them. And that when you're ready to talk about whatever's going on, you will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so important to have that. And I think more than a safety net, it's just, it's a prevention of, mm-hmm. like, I know I can go over there any point in time and that can be you know five steps before something really begins to spiral but like if I'm having a really stressful week or something yeah I'm gonna go (laughs) and might just go over and check in but like it's just a safe space Mm -hmm. to be yeah yeah I'm so grateful there's another thank you note to write Mm, yeah that list keeps growing yeah which I'm grateful for (laughs) (laughs) i'm grateful to be grateful (laughs) oh my goodness wow that was a lot yeah i'm like swimming in feelings now oh god (laughs) i'm feeling my feelings yeah oh yeah but i i don't have a lot of language for it right i feel like 
my brain is kind of not super useful right now, but like my whole body is very like, huh. Like, yeah, my gut. It's all in my gut right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh man. Life is hard, but life is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a goal for the week? Um, I have a super boring, non-emotional one. Oh, well, that... <laughs> Do you want to hear that? <laughs> yes, that's I fine. need to get my fucking car registered. Oh, yeah, you do, because that's giving me anxiety. We're down to the I wire. See... Today's the 23rd. Oh, yeah, by the 27th, I saw your tag. Yeah. So... And it's just one Would of those you things. Just, do it's you like need I me to go just... with you? I don't... It's not going to fit into my schedule this <laughs> week. I'm sorry. I could go on Friday with you, but um, uh, you need to get it done. I know. I just... I get so mad when I have to stand in a line. <laughs> yeah, but like, just go, um, just go. <laughs> because there's probably going to be a line no matter when you go. And it's one of those things that it's like so necessary that my so brain necessary. will not let me do it. You're going to get a ticket. Anyway, so my goal is to just do that because I need to and get past this like stupid stubbornness that's only going to hurt me. Exactly. Okay. What's your Ooh. goal? <laughs> Well, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by that. Um, <laughs> my goal is to first hold you accountable to your goal. <laughs> Sounds um, great. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my to-do list. Um, okay, goal. Uh, I have a really um, important work project that... Uh, we just really need to have some deadlines for. Yeah. So, not we, my other work projects. <laughs> I was agreeing. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, our other. Okay, anyways, just I have work projects that have deadlines, and I really feel as though it would be helpful for myself to create a bit of a timeline mm -hmm. and what needs to be due by what date. Just realistic expectations. That's smart. And to work on those things. So, that's my goal. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank and you. Always remember, you are not that special. Bye. Bye. <laughs>